Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? In the season's worst conditions, winter tires are a game changer. They elevate traction, control, and confidence. They sell only the best, like the full line of Kumo tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to your one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Welcome in Fox Sports Radio Studios, brought to you by GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit GEICO.com for a free rate quote. I hope you're all following me on Twitter, because if you are, you are filthy rich. I'm on the gambling run of a lifetime. Ten straight wins in the NBA playoffs. Sorry. My bad. I misspoke. Ten out of 11. Ten and one. I've given you 11 gambling picks since Saturday. This week, this week, I am 8-0. 3-0 on Monday. 3-0 on Tuesday. 2-0 last night. My gifts to you. People say, Clay, you're too mean. People say, Clay, you cut off callers. People say, Clay, your opinions are too aggressive. And I say to you, but how about all the free money I give you with my gambling picks? And regardless of your race, regardless of your gender, regardless of your ethnicity, regardless of your religion, I, like Jesus, am giving freely to all of you. It's a little bit like, again, I hate to brag, but I'm like Jesus turning water into wine. Jesus Christ. I'm like G- <laughs> I am like Jesus who everybody said, oh, wait, Clay, we're out of loaves. We're out of fish. And I said, not true. Just keep feeding people. Don't want to say I walk on water, but right now from a gambling perspective, I walk on water. Last night, three NBA games, three intriguing outcomes. First of all, how about the Golden State Warriors? Just giving Kevin Durant the night off in the middle of the playoffs 
and still winning by nearly 40 points. I don't know what the Portland Trailblazers do with themselves. Maybe they win one game because the Warriors just get lazy next week in or this this weekend in Portland. But I would be very surprised. That series is over. I told you earlier, Grizz Spurs, over. I told you earlier, Cavs Pacers, I think it's probably over. Warriors, Portland, definitely over. I'm going to be all in on the Warriors this weekend. I think they blow out the Trailblazers and sweep them and ride off into the sunset here into the next round. Wizards, huge win. John Wall and the Wizards looking like they may get the Chicago Bulls now in the second round instead of the Boston Celtics. Really tight game against Atlanta. They were down late. They found a way to win. Wizards now up 2-0. I went to college in Washington, D.C. I would love to see a Washington, D.C. area team finally make a run for all the people in the D.C. area who regularly get let down by the Redskins, who've been rooting for the Wizards for a quarter century and not had much to show for it, who have been basically all in on their new baseball team, the Capitals, and the Capitals just let them down. This is a region that deserves some good luck. I think Washington and Atlanta, the two most star-crossed cities in America right now when it comes to their pro sports franchises letting them down. We'll see whether or not the Wizards can make a serious run because if they get past Atlanta, which they should now because they're up 2-0, as good as Chicago is playing, you would think the Wizards would be favored to win that game, that series, and then they're in to the Eastern Conference Finals, potentially against the Cleveland Cavaliers, who may well have tanked down the stretch of the season to avoid having to play the Wizards and the Bulls until the Eastern Conference Finals. Finally, what about the performance between Houston and obviously James Harden and OKC and Russell Westbrook? I don't know whether I've ever seen a performance like Russell Westbrook's triple-double. He went for 51, 10, and 13 and thought simultaneously, I'm not sure I've ever seen a fourth quarter by a big-time player look worse. I think he went 3-for-17 in the fourth quarter. He attempted 43 field goal attempts, which is the second most in an NBA playoff game in 30 years. For most of the fourth quarter... Russell Westbrook's entire offensive game plan was, it doesn't matter how bad the shot is, I'm going to throw it up at the rim, and the only way OKC is going to score is if my guys can get the rebound and put it back in. It reminded me of six-year-old basketball that I just coached, where only a couple of kids were strong enough to get the ball to the rim, and there was hardly any other way that you could score other than occasionally somebody getting a missed shot layup. Let's go around the horn. And by the way, we're going to be joined by Peter Schrager from the NFL Network and Fox Sports here uh, momentarily. First uh, guest out of the gate at the opening of segment uh, two here in hour one. Otherwise, no uh, guest at all scheduled. I believe I'm correct in that. So we're going to deal with your calls uh, quite a bit. Yesterday, we bumped the anonymous mailbag because obviously of the news surrounding Aaron Hernandez. So we will be back with that, I think, in the third hour and uh, and you should be aware that I am going to dive into the mess that is the politicization of sports, in particular the way that the Patriot trip to the White House was covered, uh, and other than Rob Gronkowski's little duck-in with Sean Spicer during the White House press briefing, this was, I think, one of the reasons why 
everything is falling apart when it comes to sports and politics. But I want to go around the horn right now and talk about Russell Westbrook's performance as the OKC Thunder fell fell down 0-2, uh, giving up a big early lead. I think they were up 16-4 to early in this game. They came out hot. They were leading by 4 or 5 going into the fourth quarter, and then the wheels came off as Russell Westbrook couldn't suddenly carry the, the Thunder any further. Jason Martin, are you with me? that that fourth quarter was as bad of a performance as you've seen in a long time, and you don't even know how to reconcile it, given the fact that at the same time, Westbrook went went for 51, 10, and 13? There's two ways to look at this, and neither one of them are particularly good if you're a Russell Westbrook or a Thunder fan, as I happen to be. One is the Rockets are a better basketball team than the Thunder, and that's that's pretty clear. And that means without James Harden on the floor, they're a better group of guys, a more talented team than the Oklahoma City Thunder. But the other one, and this is where you can start to look at the MVP race a little bit, 51-13-10 from Westbrook, misses 14 shots in the fourth quarter, takes 43, shoots 38% from the field for the game, just playing hero ball of all time kind of hero ball in the game. When Harden was on the bench, the Rockets played pretty good basketball. When Westbrook was out, the Thunder looked completely inept. And I think that that is a tribute to James Harden has empowered his guys to believe they can play at the highest level. When Westbrook's out, I don't know that his team even remembers they can play basketball anymore. Because at no point down the stretch in that basketball game last night... Did you get the sense that Russell Westbrook even cared that other guys were on the floor wearing an Oklahoma City uniform? That, to me, is the biggest, I don't know, that, that's damning to me about Westbrook. Westbrook wanted 51-13-10 last night. He was not interested in getting the rest of his team involved, whereas James Harden, even though he's still scoring a lot, he had 35 last night, his team was empowered to believe they could play. So that, to me, was as bad a performance when you look at that fourth quarter because Russell Westbrook didn't even look to his team, had no interest in them being on the floor at all. That really bothers me as a Thunder fan and as a Russell Westbrook fan because I like the guy, but that's the Westbrook we saw three years ago when first people talked about how he and Kevin Durant couldn't coexist. That was bothersome. You could make the argument that it's the worst performance ever by a guy who scored 50 points which is a strange sentence to toss out there. But again, 51, 10, and 13, 14 missed shots in the fourth quarter. And a lot of you probably watch the NBA like I do. You're flipping around from one game to the other. So I was going back and forth, but I watched every play of the entire fourth quarter in a tight game. And there was zero that was going on in that team. And then people say, oh, well, he doesn't have any other talent around him. How would you know if you shoot three for 17? I mean, you take exactly. 17 shots in the fourth quarter, give up your team the lead, and really just an ugly performance. I, I, As good as Russell Westbrook is and as impressive as that triple-double record is, I think it's a total function of how bad Oklahoma City is as much as it is how good Russell Westbrook is. Okay, let me go ahead and hit this. When you maximize performance, fuel economy, engine life, you'll save. Get a 5.25-ounce of Lucas Fuel System Treatment for just $4.99. Restrictions and details in store. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Going to join Peter Schrager now. One week from today is the NFL Draft. Obviously, the big news yesterday, Aaron Hernandez committing suicide. Peter Schrager is on Good Morning Football, the uh, 
the show that is on the NFL Network. He will join us shortly, also on sidelines for the Fox Sports crew. I am Clay Travis. You are listening to Outkick the Coverage. Peter Schrager up next on Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, what does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to geico.com 15 minutes ago. Joined now by Peter Schrager at P. Schrager's on Twitter. Appreciate uh, him getting started with us here early in the morning. Pete, what's up, my man? Don't you feel like we have a head start on the rest of the world? Like everyone wakes up at 7 or 8 and they're talking about already two hours into it, Clay? 100%. Like the Aaron Hernandez news came down while we were on the first hour of the show here. And I saw people tweeting about it for two hours after I'd already finished the morning show. Like I was never a morning guy. Were you a morning guy before you started this show? Never, never. And so I kind of have gotten to like it a little bit um, because you do feel like you get a total sprint on everybody else. Now, the downside is this time of year is tough when the NBA playoffs, for instance, are going on. So you have to get up, you know, like early in the morning or you stay up really late or whatever else because there's always every night. Whereas during the NFL season, look, I mean, it sucks, I guess, Monday and Thursday uh, that you have late night football. But at least you can kind of plan for that. The NBA, you have, you know, five straight nights during the week of late night basketball. And there's probably a lot of people out there who this time of year get bleary eyed. But I've really kind of come to like getting up this early because I feel like I'm just catching a sprint on everybody else. And you get to be the first person to put your mark on something. So 100%. Yesterday with the Hernandez stuff, you're spot on. Like you're out there and at 630 in the morning, you're able to, you know, craft uh, craft an idea, opine. And then by eight o'clock, you've got your message full. I'm watching Twitter, and it's people are waking up at 8.30, and they just retweet it and say, what a, tra- what a tragedy. Okay, well, thanks for adding to the conversation, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, we've talked about this before. I think Twitter loves more than when somebody dies to, uh, to uh, express condolences, even if they have no connection death. to it. I thought it was just celebrity death, but now it's, it's, mass, it's murdering uh, serial killer death, too. People love to weigh in and offer their thoughts on RIP, what a tragedy. Yeah. Uh, the, NBA, the NFL draft is exactly a week from today. Uh, do you think? Let's start with this question because I think it's going to be the biggest question out there. Would you, if you were an NFL executive or an mm-hmm. NFL owner, draft Joe Mixon in the first or second round? No, I, no, because of the position, and it's just like is, is the juice worth the squeeze, right? Like to me, it's it's a PR nightmare. It could be a disaster. And like, what is the, as good he's going to be? How much better is he than everybody else? He's not Leonard Fournette in this draft. He's not Ezekiel Elliott in last year's draft. So. Third round, that's where I would start it. But first and second round, like, you might have a great first-round pick. You take Joe Mixon in the second round, you're dealing with questions about that for the next six months. So, look, there's other stuff that's come out in the last couple days that he had things in high school, too. I think he will get taken late second, early third, but I do not see him in the first round. That is a bold move for an organization. The way the NFL is is moving and the way that the public perception of the NFL is – a team really has to go renegade, I think, to draft him in the first round. And it's not because if he, and, you know, we always talk about this, you know, with whether it be Ray Rice or whether it be Kaepernick, whether it be Greg Hardy, if he's that much better than everybody else, well, then, yeah, I'm going to take a risk. But if it's apples and apples, I don't know why you would take him over another running back if you don't have him that much higher on the board. We're talking to Peter Schrager at P. Schrager's on Twitter. You can check him out on the sidelines for Fox Sports. You can also check him out every single morning on Good Morning Football uh, with the NFL Network. Okay, do you believe 
in any of the quarterbacks in this draft as a difference maker in this coming season's NFL season? I mean, is there anybody yes. out there who you're looking at and say that could make that guy could make somebody a lot better? Yes, I'm Team Trubisky. I think the kid is really good, and he played in 30 games. He started 13, um, and he's he's done everything right in this process. And everyone say, well, he only started one year. How did he back up someone? He said, like, this is the deal. That was the quarterback. He was a senior. I wasn't a senior. I was a sophomore. He won the deal, and all I could do is kind of do my best when I came in. And every time Mitch Trubisky played football at North Carolina, he looked great. And in all these workouts, he looks great. When he interviews everyone, he looks good. So the, to me, it's, you know, no one had this great body of information on Wentz. No one had, uh, you know, this incredible amount of, of trust and confidence in the fact that Jared Goff is a slam-dunk first-round pick. And yet we're going through this now with Trubisky, and it's like, no, you can't risk it with Trubisky. There's too many unknowns. Who, I mean, we don't know about Jared Goff now, and he's a year into his career. So to me, there are so many teams in that top five, and I specifically will point to San Francisco and Cleveland. Are you really rolling out the ball with Brian Hoyer and Cody Kessler or Brock Osweiler? Like, to me, if you have a first-round pick, and Clay, I wrote an article about it on FoxSports.com. You can find it. You love it because of all the economics of it. You're paying Mike Glennon now in Chicago. $15 million a year because, you know, it's a free agent veteran. And on retail, it's $15 million. But since the CBA in 2011, these rookie quarterbacks make four years, $22 million. So Jameis Winston's going to make $6 million next year, but Sam Bradford's going to make $18 million. So my point being, because of the way the rookie contracts are structured, if you even like a rookie quarterback and you don't have one, take them because the value is there in the money. Next year, the Browns could take a quarterback first overall – and combined, they could take these two quarterbacks, Trubisky this year and another guy next year. Trubisky is really terrible, and they're still paying him less than they'd pay Brock Osweiler, who's making $18 million. So, to me, yes, the value's in the quarterback, and I'm a Trubisky guy more than Lockley. You're 100% right on that, and I've been arguing it for a while. And the example I use, you know I, I live in Nashville, and I'm a Tennessee Titans season ticket holder. Vince Young bombed as the number three overall pick and cost the Tennessee Titans $52 million. A few years later, they drafted Jake Locker after the CBA was changed. And Jake Locker bombed, retired, actually, at the age of 26. And in four years, he cost the Tennessee Titans $12 million. Nothing. So it's a great example. And and I've I've said this on this show for a while. There are several teams you look at with really young quarterbacks who show that they could be very good. They could follow the Russell Wilson model, right? You don't cost very much the first few years. You're able to get a couple of more starters because you don't have to pay full retail for your quarterback, whether you're talking about Marcus Mariota, Jameis Winston, maybe Carson Wentz at, at, at Philadelphia, uh, Derek Carr, the, the Raiders got the benefit of it for several years, and now big time, maybe Dak Prescott down at the Cowboys. All five of those teams, you can argue, have a young quarterback who's come in and looks like he could be a stud and they don't have to pay him like a stud for several years until he gets to his $20 million a year plus contract. I'm 100% in agree with, agreement Clay, with you there. Clay, it, it's a great Clay, Andy Dalton, model to follow. Andy Dalton's going to make $16 million. Andy Dalton. Dak Prescott's going to make 600000 next year. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, like it's, just, it's just sheer numbers. If you put that in any industry, a guy that you work with uh, and you guys consider yourself peers or colleagues, and this person makes 100 times more than you, that's, that's, that's startling. So what's that do? It puts those teams who do have those great gems, the Russell Wilsons those first few years, or the Dak Prescott now, puts them, everyone thinks, oh, you got Dak Prescott for the next 10 years, you're set. Well, no, you really have him for the next three years at this value. That's your window. Like, go and win a Super Bowl now when you have that guy. So, to me, it makes sense. You said Jake Locker. It, 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 it's, it's completely that exact thing. And, look, if Mariota stunk, we're entering year three of his career, 
it wouldn't be crazy with the fifth overall pick for the Titans to go quarterback again this year and have both of them because you're paying them very little compared to other NFL starting quarterbacks. Yeah, and I compare it to college football where even if you have a stud quarterback in college football, it's so difficult to figure out who's going to be good going from high, high school to college, just like it is college to the NFL. It's a big step up that every year they add a new stud quarterback at the top college football programs, and they bring them in, and they let them compete, right? It's rare that a guy like JT Barrett suddenly gets bumped to the curb by a younger guy, but it happens every now and then. You can even point to uh, to what happened with Mike Glennon and Russell Wilson at NC yeah. State, right? I mean, eventually... Right, how about Texas Tech? You have you know, you got Baker Mayfield, then you've got Davis Webb, and now you've got the other kid, uh, Mahomes. It's like it's just a rotating door. It's who's the best guy, and that's what's going to play. No, 100%. Uh, that, is, uh, that is accurate as well. Uh, last question for you. Christian McCaffrey, do you buy into him as a top 10 pick? Who do you think is looking at him? Who is interested? And by the way, i got to give you a plug on this. Your mock draft, the amount of knowledge that you have for the draft, I think it's probably unparalleled in all of the sports media anywhere because you do a mock draft for multiple years now. You've done a seven-round mock draft, right? I'm working on it now. Working on it now. It's gonna I mean, that is insane Tuesday. to do a seven-round. Everybody well, does one-round mock draft, first-round mock drafts. You do a seven-round. What is that, 253 picks? Yeah, and here's what it is, Clay. I mean, I also I, I laugh at it because they had a uh, – Someone was on ESPN yesterday, I forget who, or maybe it was one of the guys on Fox, and it was like, well, in my mock draft, I've got no quarterbacks going in the first round. And someone questioned the guy. I forget what it was, and he was like, I'm not saying that's what, what's going to happen. It's just what I would do. I wouldn't draft one. It's like, well, no, who cares? Who's that for? So for mine, I like to, like to talk to as many teams as possible, and when I put this thing out, it comes with insight, so there's some weight to it. It's not a blog saying, well, it makes sense for the Titans to take O.J. Howard. It's do the Titans like O.J. Howard. I'll tell you, I have sources in Tennessee. I'll try to find a way to get that as much as I can. So we go full center. I've got access to a lot of teams' big boards, and when you go into those sixth and seventh round picks, you're really just throwing darts, but it's fun to get the names. There was a guy last year out of Western Kentucky named uh, oh, it was Prince Edward Amora, and I had him going in the fifth round to Niners. And everyone's like, who the hell is this guy, Prince Edward Amora? Like, what? And he went in the sixth round, and I got about a thousand tweets. Like, oh my god, who? who uh, how do you know about Prince Edward Amora? And I'm like, that's the beauty of this thing. So that's what I always urge people. I do a seven round mock draft. Don't take it too seriously. The first round, yes. Moving on after that, just enjoy it, print it out, and just follow along and see where the names go. Uh, and I followed up again, McCaffrey. You buying in? Do you think he should be a top ten pick? I think he'll go in the top fifteen. I tweeted out that. That, that teams like him as a top 10 pick. I just think as the chips fall, when the, when the clock is on, this guy is so tempting because he can do so much. And I know you want me to be quick with this, but I would say I would be surprised if he fell out of the top 15. I would not be surprised if he went in the top 10. Outstanding stuff as always. Go check out Peter Schrager. Go follow him on Twitter. Thank him for waking up with us as he wakes up with you guys on the NFL Network every single morning. Check him out on TV at P. Schrager's on Twitter. Thank you, my man. Clay, Have a good I, show. Appreci- I appreciate it. I loved your take on the United Dr. Doubt. So unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable that guy became a hero. It's such an absurd world we live in. Thanks for the time. Uh, you guys should know that what's trending now is going to happen, and then we're going to come back and talk about the Patriots to the White House, Tom Brady's decision not to go, and I'm going to tell you why it's always about the power of the pussy, Willow. I am Clay Travis. This is Outkick the Coverage. Let's find out what's trending now. Welcome back, Fox Sports Radio Studios, brought to you by GEICO. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with GEICO. Go to GEICO.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. I saw a stat that went out yesterday 
And I thought it was emblematic of our modern politicization of sports era and some of the dangers of it. And I'm curious what you guys think about this. Last week, ESPN's ratings were down 26% over last year. That's an eye-opening, holy, yeah, moment if you are in ESPN executive. 26% ratings decline. I don't care what you do for a living. If you work at a business and your this year numbers are 26% lower than your last year numbers, that's a oh-no kind of moment. And they're down overall 16% for the year. And people say, well, why is that? You know, part of it's cord cutting. A part of it is the shifting economic habits. Of, a part of it's just the shifting habits in general of people. I've got a column going up today. I worked on it quite a bit yesterday. I'm curious whether you would buy into this, Jason Martin. I believe that we have reached peak media consumption. That's my thesis of the column. In other words, for a long time, you had to be watching television. You had to be sitting around in front of your television. You had to use your VCR or whatever it was to watch television. And then very quickly, everything moved to phones and tablets. And so now if you're standing in line at the grocery store, somebody can tweet you a link or somebody can send you a Facebook post and you can be standing there watching a video. Or you can put your headset in when you're riding in on uh, on public transportation, subways, uh, probably a lot of people listening to me right now with their earbuds in, uh, driving in, riding in on uh, some sort of public transportation. Um, you can take whatever media you want wherever you go. And my theory is there's a great line from Reed Hastings, the CEO of Netflix, when they released their earnings to begin this, uh, begin this most recent quarter at the beginning of this week. He said not only are they com- competing with Amazon and HBO, they're also competing with sleep. And if you have ever found yourself sitting in front of your television screen when an episode of Netflix ends and it automatically starts on the next episode and you think to yourself, boy, I really should go to sleep. And I guarantee you just about everybody out there who's under the age of 40 and probably a lot of you over the age of 42 who's sitting down listening to this show somewhere right now has been in that perspective. You're watching Netflix. You like this show. House of Cards just finished. Narcos just finished. Whatever show you're watching on Netflix just finished. And the next episode tees up to come on. And you think to yourself, I really should sleep, but instead I'm going to watch this show. I think we have reached peak media consumption because I think there are tons of people like me. Right now I have got three episodes of Billions lined up in my DVR. I just don't have time to watch it. Right now, I've got the entire season of The Americans lined up in my DVR. I love both of those shows. This year, Homeland started, and I watched the first episode of Homeland, and even though I'd watched the first five seasons, I said, I don't have time to watch a show that doesn't grip me from the opening episode anymore. That's because I've reached peak media consumption. As many books, podcasts, radio shows, TV shows as possible I am watching. I think that's happening in sports. I think sports is getting hit because so many people out there have so many other options. I've talked about this before, but when I was a kid and I came home from school, I'd put on the Chicago Cubs because the Chicago Cubs on WGN were better than just about anything else during the summer, right? They were better than the Brady Bunch reruns. They were better than 
I'm trying to remember, Andy Griffith, whatever else was on, live sports was better. I didn't have access to every movie that had ever been made. I didn't have access to a huge library of television shows that are extraordinary that I would love to watch that I could watch at any point in time. On-demand television didn't exist. I think sports is getting hit by all these because our entertainment options are so great and because we've reached peak media consumption. Unless suddenly we take less hours of sleep, which I bet the number of you listening right now who got a full length of sleep is pretty small. There aren't that many people in this country today who go to bed and wake up without an alarm. How many of you this morning went to sleep and woke up totally on your own without an alarm to get up for work this morning? Not very many of you. Huge percentage of us waking up to alarms every morning. That's because we've shortened our sleep schedule. Unless we suddenly get some magic pill which can replicate the impact of sleep and have none of the deleterious impacts of refusing to sleep, I don't think we can shorten our sleep. And I think certainly everybody out there is working about as many hours as they can work, right? Especially if you're white collar, especially if you went to college and you're in a competitive industry, I don't know how many people can add more hours or detract the hours that they work. And so my theory is that peak media consumption has been reached. That is, we cannot watch more, listen more, read more than we do right now. Well, why does that matter? That's one of the reasons that I think ESPN's ratings are suddenly plummeting 26% in the last week, 16% in the last year. And I think the other reason is because ESPN has panicked over these ratings declines and they've made a really aggressive decision to go left-wing politically. And I, I, I was watching some of the coverage of the trip to Donald Trump uh, for the White House for the New England Patriots. And I cannot remember ever a more politicized thing to cover than a team visiting the White House. ESPN set this agenda like it was suddenly like a state visit as if the New England Patriots to the Trump White House was the equivalent of China coming over. It was so overcovered. Oh, this guy's not going to go. Oh, what a statement this guy is sending. It was so politicized that by the time this thing actually happened, I halfway expected for the Patriots to have a damn sit-in at the White House. And then you know what happened? The Patriots visited the White House, and it was the exact same as the hundreds of other teams that have visited the White House since Ronald Reagan, I believe it was, or Richard Nixon. I'm not sure who the president was who made this a trend started this thing way back when. Are you with me, Jason Martin, that this thing was totally oversold as a major event, covering every single athlete's decision about whether or not he was going to go? I'm going to get into Tom Brady and have some fun with that here before we go any much further here in the show. But to me, this was the culmination of how ESPN is losing sports fans because what should have been a relatively not serious event with the Patriots going to the White House for the fifth time under Bill Belichick to celebrate a championship, turned into a huge litmus test for politics and sports, and ESPN failed that test. And most of their viewers agree because their ratings last week were down 26%. They're down 16% for the year, and this is an oh-crap moment for that network. 
Yeah, as a matter of fact, I'm not sure I could agree with you more or have agreed with you more on anything since we started this show. You had two perfect storms for ESPN yesterday. You had football, which, of course, is always going to drive ratings, and then you had that damn dastardly Donald Trump. And ESPN, if nothing else, is going to find a way to exploit that and take – you talk about a litmus test, acidic, basic, whatever. They were acidic on this yesterday. 34 Patriots went, 34 didn't. Who went, who didn't? Let's look at the roster. Here's the guys you should like, and here's the ones that were making, you know, here are the ones that you should like, the ones that are making this political statement, and here's the guys that are weak and spineless and just decided to go to the White House despite everything. I saw Jane McManus tweet out yesterday, this isn't as big a story as it would be when UConn goes because he's an admitted harasser. It's like, <laughs> all right, Jane McManus, that's that's absolutely fantastic. Let's just go back and ask if you – if the women's champions that came between 1992 and 2000 were ever questioned as to whether or not they should go because they were women and the man that inhabited the Oval Office was questionable in a lot of respects. It's just like she came out of the woodwork with this tweet. How about who cares about the women's basketball team visiting the White House? Exactly. Who cares? I mean, in all honesty, is there anybody out there looking at the roster? Well, again, that's what I'm saying. This was a made-up story. This was ESPN deciding – we're going to aggressively cover every single player's decision of whether or not they're going to go visit the White House. Never done it for Barack Obama. Never done it for Bill Clinton. Never did it for George W. Bush. Never did it in the existence of ESPN have they decided to make this a political issue. And look, I didn't vote for Donald Trump, but there's not a single person out there who is the president of the United States in my lifetime that I wouldn't be ecstatic to go visit the White House if I ever got invited. If Donald Trump said, you know what? You know what I like to do in the morning other than just send off these tweets that send the media running like crazy? Sometimes I'll flip over and listen to my guy Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. I would be ecstatic. It'd be the greatest tweet I've ever gotten. Same thing would have been true, by the way, if Barack Obama had said it, right? And if, as a result, they invited either man, invited me to the White House to be a part of any event, I would be there as quick as you could snap your fingers. Not because it's a political statement, but because I'm an American and it's pretty freaking awesome to get to go visit the White House if you get that opportunity. To me, that's the story. It's like a kid getting ice cream, right? That's the kind of story this is. ESPN turned it into, let's all eat our broccoli. And I think that's why they're tanking. I'm going to open up the phone lines. I want to get into Tom Brady as well. 877-996-6369. Jump in with me. Let's react. I am Clay Travis. You're listening to Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. And let me go ahead and tell you all about my friends at TrueCar. With TrueCar, you can find out what the other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for and on average save over three grand off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit TrueCar to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Your call's up next. We'll also talk about Tom Brady and how he gave it all up for the pussy willow. I'm Clay Travis. This is Outkick the Coverage, 877-996-6369 on Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, what does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to geico.com 15 minutes ago. The incredibly and growing politicization of sports, to me, I thought kind of came to a culmination with everything surrounding the Patriots' trip to the White House. We even got a controversial tweet from the New England Patriots themselves over whether or not, and this is crazy to me, over whether or not the crowd was the same 
for the Patriot trip this year to the White House as opposed to in 2000, whatever it was, 15 under Barack Obama. I mean, come on. Does anybody care about this? Is there anybody out there who was really obsessed about this? And Jason Martin, you point out that the, that ESPN killed, who was it, Tim Thomas? Yeah, Tim Thomas, the uh, goaltender of the Boston Bruins years ago. He was a Tea Party guy, chose not to go for political reasons to see Barack Obama, and ESPN destroyed this guy, not for an hour, not for a day, three or four days on all the discussion and debate programs. He was a topic because he was disrespectful and sad and possibly racist for not going to see Barack Obama in the White House. But everybody gets praised if they don't go see Donald Trump. Uh, it's because it's ESPN. That's why their ratings are down 26%. Jack in San Antonio. What's up, Jack? Hey, just uh, want to call me. Uh, Clay, I really like your, your show. I like the fact that you take a, a tough line approach, and I think that differentiates you from a lot of the uh, people that are doing the uh, the shows right now. There's a lot of you all out there. I, I just think the ratings are down because we spend – way too much time on non-related sports issues on a sports talk show and even on television. And I, I just think that people are, like you said, I think you hit it. We're, we're media, social media overloaded. We don't have time for worrying about a debate on whether, you know, LeBron should play tonight or not play tonight or what this is or what that is. I mean, let's, let's, let's get back to what we got started, uh, the Howard Cosell of the, of the world. Let's cover sports, man. Let's let's talk about the, the the real issues and let's let's get it back to on the field and on the court and and leave it there. And uh, again, uh, listen to what you have to say. I appreciate your show and I, I really like how you, uh, uh, you you take the hard line approach. And that's why I listen to you in the morning and nobody else. And I appreciate what you do. I'll, I'll listen to your comments. Appreciate the call from Jack down in San Antonio, 877-996-6369. Let's go to, uh, I think it's Lou in Miami. Clay, phenomenal show, phenomenal takes, my man. Amazing. Um, I'm a sports guy. When I watch sports, when I tune into ESPN, I want to watch sports. When I used to want to watch music videos in the 80s, I used to tune into MTV. And then when they said, hey, you know what, we're not going to show music videos anymore. We're going to veer off path and we're going to show other stuff. Not only me, but pretty much everybody started watching MTV. And it's funny because it's pretty much the same thing that's happening with ESPN. Phenomenal show. Listen to you every morning. Thanks for the call. Your analogy there is great. Jamie Horowitz, who does programming for FS1, got into a bit of a tit-for-tat with ESPN last year because his thesis, which has been proven true, even more true this year than it was last year, was and he, he had this big presentation that he was going around telling everybody. And he said, I'm telling you right now, he said Sports Center on ESPN is the equivalent of TRL on MTV. And if you remember TRL, it's what made Carson Daly famous. Back in the day, they had the Times Square studio in Manhattan. And every single time somebody came out with a new video, they would roll into TRL. They had a huge crowd of teenagers. It was a big deal. Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, all the boy bands during that era. They debuted new videos, and it was a tremendous success. And everybody would sit around and watch that new video, and that was what was viral back in the day. And then what happened? YouTube. YouTube came out, and everybody started putting their videos straight up on YouTube. And then what's the purpose of a show like TRL? It got totally taken away by YouTube. I think the same thing has happened to SportsCenter. You've all seen the highlights. By the time SportsCenter actually starts, 
if you want to see a moment, if you want to see a score, you check your phone. The way that we consume highlights killed SportsCenter. And ESPN invested hundreds of millions of dollars in making SportsCenter its signature show. And it's just like if MTV had said, we're going to go all in on TRL, even though this new entity called YouTube has come out, and it's killing any interest in our videos. We don't have exclusivity anymore. I'm of an era where I sat down in front of SportsCenter, used to love it, not knowing how a highlight package was going to end. Back in the day of Dan Patrick, Keith Olbermann, you sit down. I was a huge Cincinnati Reds fan growing up. A lot of times they play on the West Coast. I got school in the morning. I'm sitting there eating my cereal. When they started the Cincinnati Reds highlights, I had no idea whether my team won or lost. A lot of you probably in that same arena. Nowadays, you already know. So what do they do? Oh, let's turn who's going to go to the Trump White House into a huge story. Let's see what's going to happen with the New England Patriots. And as a result, it's a total mess. 877-996-6369. Fun story. Tom Brady didn't go. I'll tell you why he didn't go when we come back. It's all for the pussy. Willow on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome back. Hour 2, Fox Sports Radio Studios, brought to you by GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit GEICO.com for a free rate quote. As I started off the first show doing, I'll brag on myself because I hate to brag, but sometimes you got to brag. 10 and 1 on the NBA playoff picks. If you're not following me on Twitter, I'm giving them out to you there uh, by the afternoon. I'm at Clay Travis on Twitter. If you want to make money, just follow me on Twitter. Don't have to agree with me. And still cast jacks. Uh, and we're also talking about this uh, this decision by ESPN to go intensely political, left-wing political, make a big deal about the decision of who's going to go for the New England Patriots to visit Donald Trump in the White House and who's not. Everybody getting covered with bated breath. As a result, ESPN's ratings last week were down 26% over the year before. 16% for the year. I think a lot of people are saying, I don't want broccoli when it comes to sports. I want to be entertained. I don't want a made-up controversy over which players are going to go visit the New England Patriots this year. I don't need ESPN to try to turn this into a serious issue. And I think people are voting with their remote controls. They're choosing to not watch the ESPN programming shows. And as a result, I think that ESPN is starting to panic. And what I the analogy I draw is like, you know when somebody starts to drown? how they start to flounder about, and if somebody else swims out and tries to save them, oftentimes that person ends up drowning too. That's what ESPN's doing right now with its programming. It's so desperate to try to stay above water that it's floundering, doesn't know what the answer is. I'll tell you what the answer is. Your asses went political. Jamie Horowitz was right, the president of FS1, when he said that SportsCenter now was the equivalent of TRL back in the early 2000s, late 90s. Right about the time that YouTube came out, I think in 2004. I think YouTube was founded in 2004, which is crazy because it's only 12 years old. But everything changed. One of the guys who got so much attention about whether or not he was going to go to the White House was Tom Brady. Right? Everybody was obsessed with whether or not Tom Brady was going to go to the White House. Everybody's been obsessed with Tom Brady's relationship with Donald Trump. And by everybody, I mean ESPN. Some of you say, why do you spend so much time talking about ESPN? You're on Fox Sports Radio. You're on The Morning. Why do you care? ESPN's power is this. For many sports people out there, they set the agenda of what is talked about. Whether it's fair or foul, that's the power that ESPN has. Because of their huge footprint over the last 38 years on cable, covering sports 24 hours a day, the biggest power of ESPN is deciding what is a story. When they decide to cover a story, 
most people in the rest of the country follow in behind ESPN. When they decide that something is controversial, a lot of other people follow in. That's why I've gone after him for ridiculous stories, like this Grayson Allen story. Remember we had Grayson Allen we talked about? He tripped somebody against Elon, and you would have thought that he pulled out a switchblade and murdered five people on the court the way ESPN covered it. Ryan Lochte goes to pee outside of a Brazilian gas station, and ESPN turns it into the biggest international incident since the sinking of the Lusitania. Missouri decides they're going to have this fake protest surrounding a hunger strike, and ESPN turns it into a modern-day Selma Bridge incident for athletics. And now the Trump White House, Colin Kaepernick, all of it. I can just run through it. Michael Sam, Caitlyn Jenner, comes the most famous person to tuck her penis between her butt cheeks, and ESPN gives her an ESPY. Do whatever you want. I'm a libertarian in many respects. Make yourself happy. You want to be a boy and you're actually a girl, whatever. Do it. You want to be a girl and you turn into a boy, whatever. I just don't care. Like most of you, I don't care. Michael Sam wants to kiss somebody after he gets drafted. I don't really care. I don't need to believe that Michael Sam's is the Jackie Robinson of gay people. I just think he's not particularly good. And so all these things kind of roll together and they've turned into a tidal wave and ESPN's ratings have been swept away. And one of the things that got covered a ton was this Tom Brady relationship with Donald Trump. And at the Super Bowl, Jason Martin and I, we did a whole week from the Super Bowl live in Houston, said this is the, one of the dumbest stories I've ever seen. we got to ask Tom Brady about what he thinks about Donald Trump. And I said, are you kidding me? Do you have to have the same political opinions as your friends? I'm a very middle-of-the-road guy. Never voted for a Republican for president. Used to work in Democratic politics. Do you know how many friends I have who love Donald Trump a lot? Do you know how many friends I have who loved Hillary Clinton a lot? I'm a like that. That's a big deal. There are tons of things that my wife uh, that believes that I disagree with. If you are married, there's a good chance that you even split your vote with your wife. I voted for Gary Johnson. My wife voted for Hillary Clinton. There's a lot of you in that same position. Well, I thought this is fascinating. Tom Brady to me was this marble man, right? He was a guy that it was really hard to care that much about because he seemed perfect. He's incredibly good-looking. He's a star quarterback. He seemed like regular things didn't impact his life. He seemed so much better than everybody out there listening right now. He's better-looking than you are. Just about everybody out there driving into work this morning, Tom Brady, I hate to break it to you, is a lot better-looking than you are. Your wife would rather go out to uh, would rather go to the next wedding you go to with Tom Brady in a tuxedo than she would you in a tuxedo. That's the truth. He's also a lot better at playing quarterback than you and maybe anybody else who's ever played quarterback in the history of sports in America. Right? That's the truth. He's also like married to Giselle, one of the most famous women for being hot in the history of the world. And before that, he had a Hollywood starlet girl named Bridget Moynihan that he had a baby with, and she was pretty good-looking, although I think she outkicked her coverage with Tom Brady. All of these things made Tom Brady seem very remote, seem a lot different than you and me. He's better-looking than you, he's better at sports than you, and he's got a wife that nobody else can hardly dream of ever dating. Literally one of the most famous women in the history of the world for being good-looking. All of these things are true beyond a shadow of a doubt. But here's what's interesting. Ever since he married Giselle, I've actually found Tom Brady to become a really likable guy. And do you know why that is? 
because he seems like every other married dude now. They got a couple of kids. He seems like a totally normal guy now. Yeah, he happens to be really good looking. Yeah, he happens probably to be the guy who shows up at your kid's PTA fundraiser and, you know, goes out for the golf classic and hits a hole in one. Like, he's still really smooth in everything that he does. But this Donald Trump relationship has definitely thrown Tom Brady into an uncomfortable position, not just with the national media, but also with Giselle. Remember how this whole situation went? Tom Brady, at at his final rally before he got elected president, Donald Trump came out and read a letter from Bill Belichick endorsing him for president in New Hampshire. Remember, this was a huge story. And we came on the next day and we're like, on election day, we had a huge debate on this show. We said, do we really believe that Donald Trump got a letter from Bill Belichick and read from it? Do we really believe this is real? We put a poll up, like half of you said no way, half of you, and it was true. Ended up being real. But Tom Brady dodged that whole situation because he called Donald Trump and said, yeah, I voted for you. And then when he got asked who he voted for, he said because of family considerations, he wasn't going to say. Do you remember that? Remember that, Jason Martin, when Tom Brady came out and wouldn't say who he voted for, just that for family reasons he wasn't going to get into it? Yeah, I mean, he pretty much said Giselle. He didn't say family reasons. He basically said, my I wife told me trouble. My wife told me not to talk here. about this. Yes. So this is fascinating. My, my thesis for why Tom Brady suddenly had family issues He said personal family reasons were the reasons why he was not going to go to visit the White House today. It was because of Giselle. Giselle is very anti-Trump. Brazilian supermodel out there all the time taking shots at Donald Trump. I 100% believe that the reason Tom Brady was not on this trip today was because of Giselle. And because like every other married man out there, every married man driving into work right now today, Every married man who is getting off work right now driving home has been in this situation where Tom Brady is in. Where there is a girl, his wife is in his ear, and she's just bitching about something all the time. And I guarantee you that's what happened with Tom Brady. Oh, your friend Donald Trump, do you know what he said about so-and-so? Do you know how disrespectful it is? Do you know what the rest of the world thinks about your friend Donald Trump? This is really bad for you, Tom. All of my model friends, they're talking about the fact, I cannot believe that you married a guy who believes what Donald Trump believes. Da-da-da-da-da. Over and over and over again, Giselle, in Tom Brady's ear, talking, talking, talking. You know what Brady finally said? All right, you win. He did what every married man did, does. He retreated. He said, all right, here's what, what he said. He said, finally, like they're having an argument. He, I guarantee you this happened. He turned to Giselle. He said, okay, what do you want me to do? She said, you see, every time one of these, they got ESPN on, every time some Patriot player comes out and says, I'm not going to the White House because I disagree with Donald Trump, Giselle's pointing to it. She's texting Tom Brady. She's saying, see, see what so-and-so did? That's a man who's willing to stand up for the the fact that he doesn't agree with with the direction of the country. And then you, you're going to go down there and you're going to give your brand completely agreement with Donald Trump. All these different Patriot players, ESPN covers them all. Giselle's just constantly yapping away at Tom Brady about going to this White House. And finally, Tom Brady says, okay, what do you want me to do? Everybody's going to say, if I don't go to go see Tom, the Donald Trump, they're going to call me a pussy willow. They're going to say that I just totally bent to you. She said, no, what we'll do is it's your parents' anniversary. We'll claim that that's the reason you can't go. And that's what Tom Brady did. And then... Because she wasn't content with just winning the battle. Do you know what Giselle did? While the Patriots were in the White House, she sent out a tweet 
telling everybody to march against Donald Trump on April 29th in Washington, D.C. Giselle didn't just win the argument. That wasn't enough. She had to dunk on Tom Brady, Scottie Pippen, on Patrick Ewing style in the playoffs. Zero doubt this is exactly what happened. Giselle got in Tom Brady's ear. She bitched. She moaned about his decision to go to the White House. And eventually, Brady just said, for personal family reasons, he wasn't going to make the trip to the White House. People say, oh, his mom is sick. Oh, his parents' anniversary. Stop with this. All he had to do was get on a chartered plane from Boston, land in Washington, D.C. What is that, an hour and a half flight? Get a personal, you know, like hop on the bus with a huge police escort straight to the White House, go visit everybody, get a couple of pictures taken, get back on the bus, get back on the private jet. He's gone for like six or seven hours. That's it. We're not talking about Tom Brady going on an African safari. We're talking about him disappearing for about the length of time that most dads and moms go to work every single day. And instead, Tom Brady, in order to continue to get to sleep with Giselle and so she would stop her bitching, agreed not to go to the White House. I will never believe it was anything other than this. And that actually makes me like Tom Brady more because it is the quintessential dad move. If mom is in your ear complaining about something long enough, you know what every husband does? He lets it go. I don't know the statistics on the percentage of time that men complain about the same thing as it pertains to women. But if a woman decides you're wrong on something, she will never let that end. She will never let go of it. She will talk about it till the end of time. And you know what just about every married man ends up doing, whether he's the greatest quarterback in the history of the NFL whether he's the best-looking quarterback in the history of the NFL, whether he walks on air, basically, or he's your average dude just finishing up his factory work, driving home right now after a long shift. We all do the same thing. We give in. Eventually, it's like how the Grand Canyon got created by water, just a big pile of erosion. That's exactly what happens in just about every marriage. A woman complains about something for long enough, eventually she gets her way. I'm sure it happened with Adam and Eve, and it sure as hell happened with Tom Brady and Giselle. You can disagree with me, but you'll be wrong. 877-996-6369. I am Clay Travis. You are listening to Outkick the Coverage. Let me tell you all about my friends somewhere. Where do I have friends to talk about here? Where do I have to make some money for us? At AutoZone. Let me tell you, all about drive the new Duralast GT brake pads, proven tough from the tracks to the streets, sold only at AutoZone. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Your call's coming up next, 877-996-6369. In the end, you know what Tom Brady did? He gave it all up for the pussy, Willow. And Giselle, she ain't a bad-looking woman, but she's just like your wife. She's complaining, and eventually she's going to get her way. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, what does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to geico.com 15 minutes ago. Let's go around the horn. Are you buying my my discussion there about why Tom Brady didn't go to the White House? You guys are not, I don't think, married, right? Danny G, you're not married, right? 
No. Have a girlfriend, so we got but not married. Oh, for three. Yeah, that doesn't count. Oh, for three unmarried. All right. So, Danny G, do you believe me that that's the reason why Tom Brady didn't go to the White House because of Giselle? Do you buy my thesis? Yeah, you made a compelling argument, and, and it does kind of make me like him better as well. The one thing I will say, Clay, did you happen to see that video of Tom Brady cooking with a, this big meat cleaver? Uh, it was from like a week ago. It went viral. Yeah, I see. <laughs> He's got so many different um, videos that they put out now. The first one I remember where Tom Brady kind of gave you a look behind his window uh, or a look into his lifestyle other than being like a supermodel, uh, best quarterback of all time. Uh, was remember when he jumped off that cliff into the yes, water? Yes, yes. That was the first one. I think Giselle posted that, and you're like, oh, this guy's kind of cool. And, you know, obviously all of Brady's teammates have always liked him, but he's always seemed like a level of remove back. And maybe partly it's because he was kind of the guy in opposition to Peyton Manning. And I think Peyton Manning made himself the everyman. And so you watch the, the, the television commercials, and even though Peyton Manning's a very good football player, one, he's not very good looking. Two, like his his persona was that of just a totally normal dude. And Brady has always been the too cool guy, the guy who wears turtlenecks, right? Like I always say that. Like if you wear a turtleneck, you are not a normal dude. Like there's nobody driving around on their way to work right now. If you got a turtleneck on, you need to turn around, go home, take that turtleneck off, and burn it, all right? Like if you're a man who wears turtlenecks, like you probably listen to Mike and Mike in the morning. Let's be honest. And so, uh, you know, if you, and if you happen to be driving around in a turtleneck right now, you look down at yourself, you say, why do I hate myself? And you turn around, drive back home, and burn the turtleneck in your front yard while you listen to me on the radio. You just do it. That's all I'm asking you to do. But Brady is the guy who wears turtlenecks. And so it, that made me not like him. Like, he seemed very remote, very removed. It's almost like, you know, Brady was Mitt Romney. Like, Mitt Romney ran for president, and the best way I ever heard Mitt Romney described was he looks like the guy in the picture frame that you buy. Right? Like the guy who's already in the picture. He looks so fake. He looks so artificial. And even though he may be a great guy, he was never able to take that next step and seem normal. He seemed like the kind of guy who at the debate said, oh, yeah, I hired a lot of women for my companies. In fact, I had binders full of women. Like, that's a, that, you know, like Mitt Romney was just remote and he was not connectable. And, you know, what's crazy is Donald Trump may well be remote, but he's got enough every man aspects to him that he was able to get elected president. I think Hillary had that same issue with, you know, like she seemed very remote. Like Hillary was not necessarily, although it may be the case that she was, you know, you never know whether your caricature of people is accurate, right? They're often like 20 feet tall and three inches deep, right? When you look at like what the, it's like a cardboard cutout of somebody, it isn't actually reflective. But when Tom Brady led us behind the cardboard cutout, when he started showing like, oh, look at me jump off this, uh, this waterfall here, it made him a much more likable guy. And to me, his relationship with Giselle and seeing this, the moment that I saw Giselle tweet out an anti-Trump tweet while the Patriots are at the White House, I said, come on. Not only was she not content with the fact that she bullied Tom Brady like so many wives before her have into doing something that she wanted him to do based on the power of the pussy willow, she also then had to dunk on him by putting up that pit post about a protest to Donald Trump while her husband wasn't going to go see Donald Trump in the White House. I mean, it's incredible. Justin, are you buying in? Yeah, I definitely, I'm with you on that one, Clay. Um, You know, I'm somebody who has never liked Tom Brady at all, and I I, kind of, I agree with you. The the stuff, you know, the the everyman stuff, it makes him a little bit more likable, but then unfortunately 
he he still comes out with you know a a two hundred dollar cookbook, and that brings me right back to not liking him. But I think you're on to something with the with the Giselle thing. I know the the thing that you know the media is trying to spin it on is that it was his parents' anniversary because he made some Instagram post wishing them a happy anniversary. But I think that's a, a misdirection. A hundred percent. It's a good excuse, and I guarantee you, Giselle's a smart woman. She's like, oh well, just tell people that you want to spend time with your parents on their anniversary. First of all, who does that? How many times have you gone and spent the entire day? Like, you can't go to work. Your parents' anniversary is today. You can't go to work. Like, that would be really weird, right? If you've got buddies in the office and they, they were like, oh, I took off yesterday. Why'd you take off yesterday? Well, it was my parents' wedding anniversary. Be like, what? You took off a day of work because it was your parents' wedding anniversary? That's basically what Tom Brady was saying. Jason Martin, are you with me? Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, him citing, quote, personal family matters, unquote. I mean, he's not lying because the personal family matters that is, he's most likely yes. referencing is I don't want to sleep on the sofa for the yes. next two weeks. You're pretty attractive, and I kind of like being next to you wearing, you know, nothing, not only that, so I'll do but also you your wife. It's not only that you don't want to sleep on the sofa. It's just you're you're so tired of hearing your wife bitch about it. Yeah, I mean, I the, guarantee uh, you, he's been hearing about this Tom, Br- this this Donald Trump relationship from Giselle for months now, and I and he wins the Super Bowl, and he's probably going out to dinner, and she's probably like, you know, you're not going to go to the White House. It's like I just won my Giselle. Can we not talk about this, Tom Brady? Giselle, can we not talk about this right now? I just won my fifth Super Bowl. I'm the best quarterback in the history of the game. I don't want to talk. This I guarantee. I just would love to have audio of this. I don't want to talk about whether I'm going to go visit Tom Brady right now. It's the law Every- of Danny Glover, Clay. I just came up with that. It's the law of Danny Glover. It's the I'm too old for this. Every like it's single just I've had enough of this. I can't take this anymore. Every single married man has been in this situation. Tom Brady, one of the greatest triumphs of his life, goes out to dinner with Giselle the next day. He's like, man, boy, this fifth Super Bowl is really a big deal. I can't wait to see what this ring's going to look like. Can you believe, babe? I've won five Super Bowls now. I've been to seven. Giselle's like, yep, it's really good, Tommy. But you know what? You're not going to go see Donald Trump and celebrate this. And then every single time that ESPN's covering one of these Patriot players saying they're not going, she's like, see? His phone blows up. Jason McCourty's not going. See? See? I don't know. Like Garrett, did the Garrett Blunt go? If Legarrette See, Blood I don't didn't know go, because I didn't pay I didn't even look at the list. I anyway, I, I just not care. It makes it a better radio show if I had a bunch of different player names or I could do this like thing. Oh, see, so-and-so's not going. Look at this. See, Tom? And eventually Brady's like, you know what, babe? I'm not going to go. He's 100%. We'll take your calls on the flip side here. But first, let's find out. Uh, did I do the ads? I did the ads. Let's find out what's trending now. Welcome back. Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by Geico. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. And as always, with True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for. And on average, save over three grand off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. We got Kyle in Detroit up. Who's next, uh, Jason Martin? Yeah, let's take Kyle in Detroit. Kyle, you uh, there? Yeah, thanks for the call. I wanted to get back on your ESPN take there. One thing I think we overlooked is just there's a there's a lack of talent. Um, and, and one of the examples I was given the screener is I used Stephen A. Smith of years ago. His quote, an expert on there, just bashing Steve Kerr when he took the Golden State job. He turned out to be a pretty good coach, and he was saying how underpaid he was or overpaid he was at the time. And viewers like me 
remember that, and I'm listening to these quote experts, a guy who can't pick an NBA Finals for seven straight years, picks it wrong, it, it turns me out. You know, if I go to a business show or I go to a political, they have experts on there that they know their stuff. And so I, I view the talent is, is poor. So I got better selection. I'm, I'm not going to tune in and listen to this nonsense. There's, there's just better, better selections out there. I might watch their sports. I'm sure not listening to any of their, you know, their quote experts. If I want that, I'll go to TNT. I like Kenny Smith. I think he does a good job. I like those guys there. So I, I think there's, I think the gap is uh, is quite wide. It's, it's only getting wider for folks like themselves. It's it's an interesting position uh, position that you bring up, and I don't get into individual talent because I'm so busy. I don't spend that much time watching what other people say uh, in terms of their individual opinions. Like, I don't think we come on that often and say, oh, this media person has this opinion and it's totally wrong. Now, there might be a sports figure like LeVar Ball comes out. By the way, did you see the video of Christian McCaffrey and how quick he could move his feet? LeVar Ball had to be like having clutching his pearls and falling back on his fainting couch when he saw that video. But if LeVar Ball comes out and says white people's feet move too slow to win titles uh, in basketball, like we'll react to that. If a sports figure has a quote that is uh, that is related to an overall story. But I don't think there's been very many times, maybe not at all, where we've come on this show and said, here is a opinionist in the world of sports with, a, with an opinion about sports, and it's totally wrong, and I'm going to deconstruct it. And the reason for that is straightforward. Like, I'm in the world of opinion. I love it if another show comes on and says, oh, Clay Travis's opinion was totally wrong and spends their whole show talking about it. That's great for what I do. It doesn't really bother me if they disagree. Like, we're in the world of the marketplace of ideas. But I can't think of very many times where we've come on and said, and even played a clip. Jason Martin, you may disagree if you can remember one, but I don't think of very many times we've played a clip from somebody who's in the sports opinion business and had an opinion we disagree with. Like, that's literally their job, to have opinions. You can agree or disagree with them. Maybe a couple times I've said Skip Bayless has had totally ridiculous opinions, but even then, he makes his career off of having ridiculous sports opinions. So I feel like... In many sense of the word, you're like playing into what he wants to have happen if you focus on his opinion as opposed to the actual sport and then give your opinion based on what happened. Does that make sense? It's like a level of remove. If I have a sports opinion, that's fine, right? It's based on something that I saw, something that I saw on television, and that's what this show is predicated on. If I have an opinion on somebody else's sports opinion, then that becomes like a level of remove. Now, I do go after ESPN as an overall network. Because, again, I think that they have such power. They're the 800-pound gorilla in the room. Hopefully I don't get fired for comparing ESPN to a gorilla. Was that racist of me? Um, but, you know, that's kind of what happens. Can a corporation have a race? Um, uh, that's kind of what happens, right? Um, but that's like a larger context issue about how a story is covered, not about an individual necessarily opinion of a story, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I think it no, does. It, it does, and ESPN's been guilty of this for a long time, and and you've actually we've seen articles written about this for years, where they will actually create their own news when it isn't out there by somebody saying something salacious or something a little bit outlandish, and then they will bring on ten or eleven people in suits all throughout the day to comment on that opinion. It's like a rusting a Russian nesting doll of opinions on ESPN that gets you absolutely nowhere. It's like. Why do I care what you think of what this other guy thought? You tell me what you thought of the game or what you thought of this story. That's one thing because I assume if you are in the opinion business, you're going to have an opinion. But I don't really care whether or not you agree with this guy or that guy. That to me is just – that's ESPN trying to fill time. They have 24 hours a day and seven days a week to fill of content on television. 
And when there's nothing there, it'll be something Stephen A. Smith said with LeVar Ball, or it'll be Kirk Herbstreet saying this about Les Miles, or whatever it is. And then it becomes, what's your reaction to your fellow employee saying this about this sports thing? It, to me, it's just completely self-defeating and useless. It is pretty funny. And look, it's a good trick. But I don't think we even do that, like here. Like, we have a lot of really talented no, people we don't on Fox ever. Sports Radio, right? But I don't come in very often and say, oh, Colin Cowherd's opinion on this was insane. Uh, you know, maybe for a funny purpose, like Colin Cowherd's show is outstanding. I, I don't, Dan Patrick, I don't come in and be like, oh, Dan Patrick said this and he was totally wrong. And I certainly don't come in. I mean, Gottlieb's wrong about everything, but I'm not going to come in and say, oh, Doug Gottlieb said this and he was wrong. And by the way, he starts on Monday. Uh, I, Jason in Hawaii, is Jason there? Hey, how's it going? Jason, what time is it in Hawaii right now? God, it's 3, 4 in the morning. I don't even know. I'm just up and playing music and listening to the radio. You sound like you just smoked some pot. Did that happen? No, no pot, no alcohol, bro. Believe it or not, I'm uh, one of those people where uh, uh, what are they? What I don't even remember the quote, but I'll tell you what I called about. Uh, that, that was a funny parody about Giselle, and I think very accurate. I don't know her obviously, but she seems to be very headstrong, yes, and very intense. And that's probably exactly what Tom went through. Oh, 100%. She's also really hot, which is why Tom Brady married her. And he was like, you know what? I can handle all these other things because if you've seen her when she wears that Victoria's Secret lingerie, I'll just go ahead and completely agree to pretty much anything she wants me to do. Yeah, yeah, no, that was a great parody. But you know what I what I called about is I heard this guy, Shanity, I think is his name, and he's a writer for the Boston Globe. And he was talking about what you were talking about, about these guys going there, going to the White House. And he was so condescending and so negative, and there's no objectivity anymore. That's why I like listening to you. You know, it takes a lot of courage to take the heat you're probably getting for some of the stuff you say in this political climate. And he was just so over the top. And I wasn't surprised. Everyone's like that these days. Whoever your candidate is, you can't see reality. And it's really sad. And uh, and I think your your take on what's going on with uh, ESPN is probably very accurate. Well, I appreciate the call, and uh, thanks for staying up with us in Hawaii. I think almost now we've gotten calls. Is that our first call from Hawaii? Jason Martin, you keep a better tally on this than I do. Yes, that was the first one we've gotten from Hawaii. We've had a few come in from Alaska. You know, those are the I mean, two we're on... that you would probably have to check off last on the OutKick bingo sheet, so that's pretty impressive. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. I mean, and pretty cool to be on in all 50 states all over the country, you know, as people start their day or finish their day, as the case may be, in Hawaii. Um, and get calls from all those different places. I mean, uh, I really do have, I think, the best job in America. You know, people say that. I really think people say, what, what other job would you want to have? I mean, I can see having more money. I think it'd be cool to be an owner of a franchise. But in order to become an owner of a franchise, unless you just happen to inherit it, you have to create a new business, everything else, make billions of dollars. I think that's probably a pretty incredible job, but it builds off of another job. I can't imagine getting out of bed in the morning and having a better job than I do. When my alarm goes off at 4 a.m. Central, initially I was like, man, this sucks. I hate getting up at 4 a.m. Central. Now because we get to hang out and we get to spend the morning with each other, I actually have a really good time. So I appreciate the calls. I appreciate all the feedback on Twitter, even the ones of you who uh, hope I die. And I think if you listen to this show, one of the things that you find is the goal is to be as honest as possible. I try to be as honest as possible with you every single day. And so does Jason Martin, who's confessed that he hasn't had sex in six years. I can't imagine confessing a more embarrassing thing. Uh, so does Danny G, Justin, Robert, who's ever on the show. The goal is to be completely honest. 
And what you find is that there's so much damn artificiality in our American life today that when you hear actual honesty, your ears perk up and you're like, I don't necessarily agree with everything that Clay Travis says, although, you know, if you don't agree with everything that I say, you're wrong. But, you know, you can deal with that. You know, Everybody's not perfect. But you appreciate the fact that I'm not trying to sugarcoat it, sugarcoat it, as LeBron James would say. I'm not trying to be something that I'm not. I'm just a 38-year-old guy with three kids who thinks that much of the country is crazy and I'm the only one who's not insane. And you know what? That might be right. Could be wrong. But I think that has appeal across the country. And I'm not trying to make sure that you like me. I'm not trying to make sure what my ratings are with every different ethnic group. I'm not trying to run a political campaign like Hillary Clinton where I'm like, uh, you know, like kind of checking every little box. Oh, what did the Latinos think of me today? What did the transgender uh, Asians think of me today? Like, I just try to talk to you like normal human beings, regardless of what your background is. And I think that tends to work. I really do. 877-996-6369. We'll dive back into the NBA playoffs. We'll continue to discuss Tom Brady being pussy willow whipped. And we will go more into a couple of absurd stories for you. We need to play that tennis match audio again from yesterday. I feel like it kind of got snowed under. I'll also talk a little bit about Aaron Hernandez. I've been getting a lot of questions about uh, about that suicide. We obviously got the news yesterday during the show and spent a great deal of time on that. Uh, and you should know for tomorrow we've got a loaded show. We're going to have a big NFL draft preview with Rob Rang from NFLDraftScout.com, I believe. He's going to be on with us for a couple of segments. My guy Lance Taylor, and uh, we'll also get John Morosi, who's usually with us on Thursday, going to be with us on Friday instead. I'm Clay Travis. You're listening to Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, what does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. Got a bunch of questions about Aaron Hernandez on Twitter because we talked about it yesterday. I'll put my lawyer hat on here for a minute. Um, a lot of people asking what's the impact of his suicide when it comes to these civil lawsuits for wrongful death that have been filed against him. N- no impact. Uh, he will be – these suits will now follow his estate. And so if uh, the victims of his cases are found to be uh, – to be uh, that he's found to be liable – for monetary damages based on these wrongful death uh, accusations under uh, civil lawsuits, then Aaron Hernandez's estate would have to pay out the losses just like the estate, just like he would if he was alive. Now, there could be some impact in terms of life insurance with his family, things like that, maybe some, some legal ramifications there, but that would just create a larger estate for him and his estate would still be liable for anything else. But a lot of people say, oh, he killed himself, so what does that do about the lawsuit? It doesn't really change anything from the civil lawsuit side. And again, the difference between a civil and a criminal lawsuit is criminal lawsuits, you face time in jail, right? Like criminal cases, if you lose, you go to jail. That's the state or the federal government prosecuting you for breaking a law. Civil lawsuits is if you lose, you lose money. So the easy example to break down the difference there is O.J. Simpson. So O.J. Simpson was not guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. Therefore, he did not go to jail for murdering Ronald Goldman or Nicole Brown Simpson. But he was then found civilly responsible for their deaths and had to pay out basically all of his money and all of his assets 
to the heirs uh, of the uh, Goldman and Nicole Brown Simpson families. So in that respect, people say, how did the different results happen? Well, the standard in a criminal trial is beyond a reasonable reasonable doubt. That's a really high standard. Whatever percentage you want to apply to it, 97, 98, 99% guilty. For a civil trial, it's a preponderance of the evidence. And preponderance of the evidence standard is just 50% plus a scintilla, right? 50% plus a little bit more, 50.1%, then you're responsible for it. So the standard of guilt is a lot different in terms of that liability from a civil lawsuit. So even though Aaron Hernandez killed himself, I, I again, the, the biggest impact I can see there is if he had health insurance uh, of some sort that predated his murder charges, then in theory, depending on what that policy reads like, his suicide would pay out for his family, potentially if there was some health insurance policy that they had continued, life, sorry, life insurance policy that they had continued to pay into. But that's the biggest impact I can see in terms of his overall liability. And that money would just go into his estate, which would honestly just mean that there's more money to be recovered in the event that his side loses this civil lawsuit. So that that's the Aaron Hernandez situation. I want to play this clip again for you guys because I feel like it got snowed under yesterday in all of the ridiculousness of the Aaron Hernandez coverage. Obviously, that news broke yesterday while we were on the air, and that became our primary focus. But this happened down at, I believe, the Sarasota Open. This is a real live professional tennis match. We played it yesterday, and it started to go viral yesterday, and it is fantastic. This is what it sounded like on the broadcast. At first, they believed that somebody's phone had come on and was playing a porno movie, and then, uh uh-oh, it's something else. Listen to this. This is 100% real. This is what happened at the Sarasota Open. Listen. Once again. Love 15. Kruger has steel phone in a deficit situation. Well, that is the most bizarre situation. I don't know how to put this, folks, but somebody's phone going off in the stands. And it was an adult video. 15 off. That is an all-timer. I don't know how well you could pick that up at home. 30, 15. I still hear it. It's still going. What is going it on? It can't be that good! No, that's not a phone. That is... That's an apartment across the lake. Oh, my God. 4815. Well, everybody was looking around to see where that was coming from and finally figure out that wasn't a video. Well, at least somebody's having a good night. Again, a very tight call. That was somebody having sex across the lake at the Sarasota Open. If you listened really closely, you could hear the moaning in the background and then one of the players <laughs> the players just saying, he can't be that good, uh, was pretty fantastic. That happened yesterday. I feel like it got snowed under under the Aaron Hernandez news. So uh, hopefully that uh, made your Thursday morning a little bit more entertaining here. Final hour of the show coming up next. We're going to go back into the NBA We'll talk a little bit about how I can't lose a gambling bet. 
will discuss everything that happened was Russell Westbrook's fourth quarter, the worst fourth quarter that anybody's ever played while scoring 50 points. I think it might have been. That and more, I'm Clay Travis. We will discuss here on Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome in. Final hour, Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit GEICO.com for a free rate quote. Last night, we saw three NBA games. Hate to brag, but I was right about gambling on two of them. Now move to 10-1 and one with my free gambling picks on the year. Now, probably set for a little bit of a reversal. I mean, unless you think that I'm going to end up breaking Vegas, because I could if I kept up this rate. 10-1 and one in the first 11 picks so far of the NBA playoffs for me. And uh, should be following me on Twitter. You'd be rich if you had. Houston beats Oklahoma City, storms back from an early double-digit deficit. Russell Westbrook goes for 51-10-13 and 13 in the loss, but he missed 14 shots in the fourth quarter. And it may have been the worst fourth quarter ever put up by anybody who scored 50 points in an NBA game. Well, did Russell Westbrook want to uh, reflect upon his performance and the triple-double that he put up in the defeat, uh, he wasn't that happy about it. Here's what he said after the game. When you look at your line on the box score, how would you grade the line? I don't give a f- about the line. We lost. I don't give an F about the line. We lost. Well, indeed they did. They are now down 0-2 going back home to Oklahoma City. The Wizards got a win over the Hawks. I feel like this series is one of the least talked about so far in the NBA playoffs. The Wizards theoretically could face the Chicago Bulls if the Bulls can follow through on their 2-0 start. If they did, they would be favored to advance to the Eastern Conference Finals. I don't know if the Wizards have won two series in the playoffs since Wes Unseld would have played for them back in like the early 70s. It's been a long, dark, unhappy history if you are a Bullets slash Wizards fan. So this is time to really be ecstatic about how things are going. And the Warriors rested Kevin Durant and still won by nearly 40 points over Portland. Those were the three games that happened in the NBA last night. Jason Martin, I'm curious. Of the teams that are down 0-2 right now, the Hawks, the Celtics, the Portland Trailblazers, and the Memphis Grizzlies, I believe, and the Oklahoma City Thunder. There are five teams that are down 0-2. Am I right about that? And and Portland also. I got them in there. I put them in there. So there are five teams. Other than the Celtics, because I think that's probably the easy answer, do any of these teams have a chance to come back and win these series? Man. Uh, Maybe the better question is which one might have a chance or or might have the best chance. I think which one might have a chance is the Celtics, right? Because they at least won 52 games or whatever it was in the regular season. The Bulls were inconsistent and a 500 team. You could definitely expect that the wheels might come off the Bulls. I think there's a chance that the Celtics could win four of the next five games, which is what has to happen if you're going to come back from an 0-2 series deficit, which is why it's so difficult to happen. The challenge with the Celtics is, unlike the other four teams that I think I just named, they lost the first two at home. So in theory, the other four teams are going back home so they could at least even up the series before they go back on the road again. The Celtics really... I mean, certainly they have to win one out of two or else the series is over, but probably need to come back and win both games in Chicago. Or at least, I mean, if they can win one and then come back and win game, how does it work in the first round? Because they they don't do the 1-1-1 yet, right? I I know they do, you know, in terms of it's 2-2 
And then is it one 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 in the first round, or or is it still like it, that's what they do, right? It's not two three two, is it? I'm looking it up now. Series are played two two one one one. They used um, to do the reason why I bring that up. They used to do two three two when they got to the finals because they're traveling so far. But it's two two one 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 when you're in the Eastern or the Western Conference, right? Yeah, I believe. That's I think correct. all series now in the NBA are two two one one one. Yes, that makes they a big are. difference because when you went two three two, it was really hard for a home team to win all three games in a row. And uh, and I think they've changed it now since then. So if they could win one out of two, let's say they go back home three two three one, you can say we'll do effectively. The, you know that like they can feel like we can win two games at home there and then we only have to win one more on the road so we'll see I think it's unlikely that the Bulls are going to win both of their home games and sweep the Celtics so I would probably go the Celtics as the most likely of those five teams to come back from an 0-2 deficit even though they have to go on the road who would you take I probably would also take the Celtics because here's the narrative if Boston wins game three all of a sudden it, all the pressure actually moves to Chicago because they know that they could technically, if they lose there, then they have to go to Boston in a 2-2 series. It's back even up, and all the momentum goes back to Boston, plus they get to go home to potentially go up 3-2, which would then leave Chicago having to win two games in a row, including one more at the Garden, in order to advance. I don't look at the other teams. I think the Thunder are toast. I think the Blazers are obviously toast because if you've got the sack – to rest Kevin Durant to make how amazing is that and you still win and you still win by 40 yeah I mean you win by 29 or whatever it was it's just I mean at that point you clearly are showing the other team that you don't fear them in the least that you know that you're going to beat them so they're that's a that's a new level move cockiness by the Warriors to rest somebody in the playoffs just so they'll be fresher for later I mean that is I mean it's that is like it's we're not even you're not even in the same like solar system as our team we'll just rest the best player that we have on the team I mean and I look at Washington and Atlanta that series has been pretty tight it's you know Atlanta can beat good teams I've seen them beat good teams this season they're not consistent enough and I've been on the Wizards for a while as you know so I don't see it there the only one I even think there's a chance of a comeback in is the Celtics but really I don't believe there's a chance there because I think Chicago's a better team. I think Jimmy Butler's the best player in the series. And I look to Chicago versus Washington as a series I can't wait to see and hope actually happens. I just think Boston is ahead of schedule. They don't have enough guys that can get their own shot. They're a little bit slow on the interior. And Isaiah Thomas being small, if he can get past you, that's good. But if he plays against a good defensive team, that's going to cause him trouble. And that's what we're seeing because Chicago is just beating them around because they're so much more physical and experienced on how to play playoff basketball. I think the Pacers win tonight. There are three games going on tonight. The Cavs are at the Pacers, the Raptors at Bucks, and Spurs at Grizzlies. Um, I think the Spurs-Grizzlies series is over. I think the Spurs are just a lot better. The Grizzlies are, to me, the quintessential team that you don't want to be in the NBA. They have already peaked. Zach Randolph is basically done. Tony Allen doesn't have a lot of gas left in the tank, I don't think. Um, You start to go around. Look, Mike Conley is an okay player, but I don't think he's a team guy that's going to win a championship. I don't know how much better Mark Gasol can get. It's just it's 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 a very good player, but they they've reached the apex of how good I think they can be. And so, if your apex is we're going to make the Western Conference playoffs and be a seven seed, you're like, okay. I mean, what's going to happen next? What you're going to have to either find a player that nobody expects to be very good, and he turns into a top ten NBA caliber player, or you're just going to slowly slink back to obsolescence. I mean, I think that's where kind of the Grizzlies are. 
and it's a different trajectory, say, than where the Portland Trailblazers are, where you look at your guys and you say, okay, we're young, we're climbing that mountain. I think the Grizzlies have pretty much reached the peak of where their abilities are going to be. Yeah, they're they're kind of in NBA purgatory at this point because 100%. I think they had. I think four years ago they really did have a window. They were a team that I actually thought could win a title. But you look at it now, Zach Randolph is near the tail end of his career. Conley's a really good player, but I don't think Conley is the superstar that can ever win you a title. You're always going to have to have a second guy, and it can't be a Mark Gasol. It's got to be at least a Kawhi Leonard. It's got to be somebody that's an absolute alpha male. Yes, Mark Gasol can go out there and get you 25 and 12. He is a great piece on a championship team, but he's not the guy that can actually get you there. I think Memphis had a window. It's closed, and eventually we're going to see them rebuild and bottom out before they're ever really able to compete again. Yeah, and I mean, there are three really good games tonight in terms of the the, the point spreads. There are the the Spurs are a three and a half point favorite. Cleveland is a two point favorite, and Milwaukee's a one and a half point favorite. Given how even those lines are, your the expectation is they're going to be really great games. I think I'm going to go to this uh, Predators game against the Blackhawks. You, mm-hmm. We all know how much of a expert I am when it comes to breaking down hockey games. Yes, uh, I was able to name, what was it, three of the 27 Nashville Predator hockey players? That's one ninth. ninth of the roster. I was thinking about going to the game as well. It's not a whole lot of chance. I mean, look, if they sweep, it's something that's never happened before, right? Yeah, a one be- eight actually sweeping. It'd be historic, and of course it's going to be just a ridiculous atmosphere. No Carrie Underwood tonight. Kind of wish I'd been there for that. But Who's doing the national anthem tonight? I heard there's another surprise superstar that's going to appear that they've released, but they haven't said the name. Same way as nobody knew it was going to be Carrie until she walked out. They have something planned tonight. So it's to going to be Tim, it's going to be Tim McGraw. I guess. I guess. I would. I, me personally, I would be more excited to see Carrie Underwood for the obvious reasons. Bring back Carrie Underwood. Just make sure that she's not wearing uh, pants. Got to have a sundress on of some sort. A Best sundress, pre- bikini, whatever she wants to do. Like if she wants to be like a Predators ice girl, I'm good with that. Just be- the less, the better. Best legs in Nashville other than my wife. My wife might be listening right now. My wife's Fantastic. legs are incredible. Uh, but Carrie Underwood also has incredible legs. Okay, so, uh, or, I mean, I would love it if they broke out Taylor Swift. That would be pretty impressive. But I'm a huge T-Swizzle fan, of course. Um, but so I think I'm going to go check that out. And you're right, it could be history. I mean, we don't talk a lot about the NHL because clearly I know nothing about it. But it could be history because no team has ever been an eight seed and swept a one seed. That would be uh, a pretty amazing thing to see. If both of us go, the Preds will probably lose, and they'll probably lose the next four as well. So we'll see what ends, up, what ends up happening there. Danny G, Robert, anybody that's down 0-2, that, uh, sorry, uh, Justin and uh, Danny G, anybody there that you guys think can come back from the 0-2 deficit right now in the NBA playoffs? Man, uh, I mean, you would like to think that, you mean come back all the way? Yeah, I mean, I don't want them to just go to 2-2. No, no. I, don't, I don't think so. <laughs> Zero faith. Yeah, I kind of think that the Celtics can get hot. Yeah, I think the Celtics is the obvious answer. Yeah. Here. There are five teams down 0-2. I think everybody would agree. Of, a, of I think four of those teams are dead. Uh, yeah. I think they're finished. They're going to lose. Their season is over. I think the Celtics, if they win game three, Jason Martin's right, the pressure can kind of shift back, and then they're going into game four feeling like they're playing with house money. If they even it up, then look, I mean, you're going back to the garden for two of the final three. Yeah, exactly. And and Jason pointed out that uh, he's seen the Hawks do some good work this past season. And, and I watched them uh, beat some pretty good teams as well. Paul Millsap looked great, but I still feel like the Hawks are like one piece away 
from really being a second round playoff team. I agree. I agree. I mean, when we were at the Super Bowl, I went to the Rockets Hawks game. The you may remember it, the Thursday night game on TNT where they came back from twenty down in the fourth quarter and Tim Hardaway Junior all of a sudden played like Tim Hardaway. Yeah. And was just unstoppable in that fourth quarter. The way the Hawks win is somebody gets crazy hot that you're not expecting. You get what you're supposed to get from Dwight Howard. You get what you're supposed to get from some of these guys. But somebody has to go off. And when you require that to win against good teams, you can only go so far. So that's why I can't pick them to beat Washington or make that comeback because I don't think they can do that four out of five times. They might be able to do it twice, but they're not going to do it enough to get past the, the Wizards. We'll take your calls. Did you hear about the mountain lion that stole the uh, the animal right out of the bedroom? These animal stories, Clay. Animal stories remain out of control. Did you guys hear about that? I, we're going to talk about it. I think it was in California. People are just sleeping in their bed with their dog at the foot of the bed. Freaking mountain lion comes in the window, takes away the dog. I don't know how the kid recovers from that. Uh, we'll talk about that and more. I'm Clay Travis, and right now get a five-quart jug of Pennzoil conventional motor oil, conventional motor oil and an SDP oil filter for just twenty three ninety nine. Maybe you can use that pins oil. Try to scare away the mountain lion if it comes steal your dog. Restrictions and details in store. Get in the zone. AutoZone. I'm Clay Travis. You're listening to Outkeep the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Are both of Crisscross dead? I always ask this. Or is only one of them dead? Only one. Only one of them is dead. Rest in peace, the other Chris. Yeah, Chris Kelly passed away at 44 in 2013. Pardon me, 34 in 2013. Well, that's young. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Warm it up. What does it mean when Geico is what I was born to do? I'm about to. What does it mean when... <laughs> what is a great song? What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to geico.com 15 minutes ago. NFL schedule is released today. Um, and some of the details on that is already starting to leak out, but it's not officially releasing until, what, 8 Eastern? Is that right? It has to be in prime time, Clay, because people are actually going to sit and watch that nonsense. What's amazing about that is every team already knows exactly who they play. They just don't know what day they play them. I, I don't want to say you're a total loser if you're going to sit around and watch the reveal of the NFL schedule, but you're a total loser if you're going to sit around and watch the reveal of the NFL schedule. It's like, oh, on September 16th, we're playing – the Redskins. Oh, I thought we might play them on September 23rd. But no, it's going to be the 16th instead. Oh, that changes everything about my life. By the way, I'm not sure if the 16th is a Sunday or not. Oh, I'm a Titans fan. I'm a season ticket holder. Oh, my God. We're playing the Jags on Thursday, November 14th. Not Thursday, October 24th. Oh, my schedule's totally different. Get an F in life. Speaking of getting a life, this poor dog doesn't have a life anymore. This is a news release from the San Mateo County Sheriff's Office in Redwood City, California. Are we on there? I bet we are. Uh, let's see. This happened on Monday at about 3 a.m., and this is the real story. The Sheriff's Office deputies responded to a call in the town of Pescadero on a report that a mountain lion just entered a home and took a dog. An adult witness told deputies she and a child were sleeping in a bedroom with their 15-pound Portuguese Padingo. I don't know what that is. It's a breed of dog. At the foot of their bed. Must, ta- must be tasty, that Padingo. Uh, this bedroom has French doors that were partially left open to let their dog out. At about 3 a.m., the dog began barking aggressively, which woke up the adult witness. The witness states when she looked up at the French doors, see, she saw a shadow of an animal enter the room, take the dog from the bed, and walk out. 
The witness used a flashlight to look for her dog and saw a large wet paw print at the entrance to the bedroom. She immediately called 911. Deputies searched the area, also located paw prints similar to a mountain lion. My God. And as a reminder, if you live in, where is it? Where is it again? Pescadero, California. Lock and secure your home's doors and windows. For mountain lion safety tips, please visit wildlife.california.gov slash keepmewild slash lion. How unbelievable is that story? You go out and get yourself a dog sleeping at the bottom of the bed. You're like, oh, this dog will keep us safe. Next thing you know, mountain lion just storms into your place, takes your dog, slaps you with the tail right in the face. This is an embarrassment if you are dominated by the mountain lion like this. I don't know how you bounce back from this. Mountain lion had enough. Mountain lion was tired of the barking dog, and the first thing I thought when I read this story was, thank God it wasn't in Australia because it would have been a dingo, and the dog would still be there, but the child wouldn't be. Haters going to hate. Haters going to hate, amen. You know what? I I missed using the haters going to hate when we had uh, the story about the uh, alligator that went up on the second floor. I don't know what's going on with animals. I'm just telling you that these animals are smarter than we think, and they're trying to send us a message. Mountain lion walks right into through uh, the French doors, walks right through the French doors in Pescadero, California, walks right out with the dog. I mean, that is just the mountain lion just dunking on that homeowner. It's like, bitch, I will take your dog. That's basically what the mountain lion said. If he could talk, that mountain lion would have said when he walked in, bitch, I will just take your dog and you ain't going to do nothing about it. That's what he did. Well, what if what if if they had woken up and watched this happen? They still wouldn't have been able to do anything about it. Like, what I would think you, you have do to fight the mountain lion. lion. No, you, you not, have to fight the mountain lion. No, you got to fight him. You got to fight the dog. You, you have to protect the dog. If, if you're going to go out there and you're going to buy what was this thing? A 15 pound Portuguese padingo. <laughs> I have no idea what the Portuguese padingo is. It sounds like a really aggressive form of gerbil. But if you're going to buy a Portuguese Padingo, and there's no telling what that Portuguese Padingo costs. I bet it costs like three grand. If a mountain lion comes in and says, bitch, I'm taking your dog, you got to say, no, you're not. you got to fight the mountain lion. How would I don't you think fight there's it? any doubt. You've already described what you would do to an alligator. How would you go after a mountain lion? Mountain lion, I, I'd be more nervous because I don't think I could close his mouth. Yeah. I, would, I would kick him. I think you got to go with the kicks. You and would then kick him. You go lights. <laughs> You go with the lights. You turn on as many lights as possible. You make as much noise as possible, and you attack the mountain lion. That's what now, brought him there, Clay, a barking dog. This now, mountain lion's out there trying to sleep, and this mutt won't shut the hell up. So the mountain lion's like, all right, fine. I'm just going to go eat you. Here's my problem in general with fighting the mountain lion. It would be if the mountain lion panics, and instead of fleeing the bedroom, if he flees into your house. Because then you're really panicked. Because then you got, like, I don't know, the rest of your kids and everything else. Like, there's a mountain lion loose in the house, and the mountain lion is angry. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know. I just don't know what to do. If it came into your house, would you know it was a mountain lion by sight? Or would you just assume it was some kind of large wolf or something like that? Would you know immediately it was a mountain lion? Could you spot a mountain lion if I put you in an animal lineup? Could you say that right there, that's a mountain lion? I think my suspicion would be that it was a mountain lion. I mean, first of all, what else could it be? I mean, it could be a dog. I probably would think it was a dog. I wouldn't expect that a mountain lion was going to come into my window. Just like I'm sure if you live in India, you don't expect tigers to just come into your house. Like your first thought would be, oh, somebody's dog is loose in the house. That's an unbelievable story. I mean, I, I, I don't know where mountain lion stealing your dog ranks on ways that your dog can die. That's a rough way for a dog to go. 
So it was also a rescue dog. That poor dog has been through it. It was a rescue dog? It was a rescue dog. Lenora was a rescue dog. Hasn't been seen Oh, we know since. the dog's name? Yes. Bloodstains on the doorstep are the only signs left behind by the intruder. So he left evidence behind. This mountain lion rolled in and wanted to make sure that this family knew, yep, your dog was loud as hell. Had to take it out. Sorry. I don't know how you face your kid if you let a mountain lion just come in and take your dog. Because the kid's probably thinking, what would you have done if it had taken me? parent would have just sat there it's like if your kid gets attacked by a shark you have an obligation to go fight the shark right this is my argument the kid got taken by the alligator at disney world i gotta die if an alligator takes my kid i'm grabbing onto that alligator and i'm letting him drown me because first of all i'm not coming back out of the water if an alligator took my kid and i gotta tell my wife that i had the kid and an alligator took him i did my life's over anyway right if you were walking on the beach and an alligator comes takes your kid shark gets your kid and you're a dad you better die too because there's no way you face your wife after that happened i guarantee my, I, I i would i would rather be dead than have to face my wife after losing a kid because first of all your wife anticipates that this would happen she's like oh you weren't watching him she totally expects that an alligator or a, or a crocodile or a, a lion or a tiger or anything like your wife no matter how good of a dad you think you are when you are responsible for him by yourself, your wife assumes that you're going to fail and that the child's going to die. This is true no matter who you're married to. This is true for Giselle. She didn't let Tom Brady go see Donald Trump. I guarantee you if Tom Brady's left with the two kids, Giselle assumes that they might die while they're there because the dad's going to do a bad job. All this does is fulfill your wife's already existing worst fear, which is she is married to an incompetent buffoon who is not capable of keeping a child from dying. Alligator comes up. She's like, well, didn't you expect that an alligator might take him? No. No. I'm at Disney World. Nobody's ever been killed by an alligator at Disney World ever. Why would I expect that this would happen? Same thing. Kid, mountain lion comes in the bedroom, takes the kid. Why'd you leave the door open? Guarantee you. If that was a man in the bed there, wife comes in. She's like, oh, of course, because you left the door open. It was like, you expected a mountain lion to come? We're on the second floor. I didn't think a mountain lion was going to come in. The, you shouldn't have left the door open. It's your you fault. You never think, do you? Never think. Every It's always the man's fault. Doesn't matter. Why didn't you shut the French doors? You should have thought that a mountain lion might come in and take our dog. You should have thought that dingo was going to take that baby. I would have thought about the dingo taking the baby. Why didn't you think about the dingo taking the baby? got to die. Better to be dead. Have to hear that for the rest of your life. I ran out of gas last week. Kind of thought about killing myself on the side of the road. Because my wife has been saying for 16 years, you're going to drive out of, you're gonna run out of gas if you drive on empty. I'm like, no, nah, I've got this. I got this. Ran out of gas. First thought was, I might need to kill myself. Not sure that I can face her for the next 40 years of my life with her saying, every time we get on empty, you better pull over right now. It's going to be just like the last time you ran out of gas. Really thought about it. Thought about Hernandezing myself right there on the side of the road. Didn't do it. Thought about it. I'm Clay Travis. You're listening to Outkick the Coverage. Let's find out what's trending now. Welcome back. Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by GEICO. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with GEICO. Go to GEICO.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier, as well as our friends at True Car. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for and, on average, Save over three grand off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit TrueCar to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Is it really kind of an indictment? There's a lot of good games going on tonight. NHL, even though I don't know anything about hockey, seems like a pretty entertaining sport. I might even go watch it in person. 
got three NBA games. How many million people, I mean, how many people do you think are going to sit and watch the NFL schedule reveal? Like a million? How many is it going to be? Probably more, unfortunately. I can't. Do you agree with me that every single that. person watching the NFL schedule review is a total loser? Uh, yeah. Is I that an tweet, accurate I reflection? That two years ago, it's the most ridiculous thing of all time. It's it's information everybody's going to have tomorrow. It's not like the NFL hasn't already revealed. Obviously, you know who you're playing in your own division, but you also know the other divisions that your division is playing during the season. So you know You know the everybody they're playing. This is the biggest this to me is the biggest like NFL just saying we own you. This is the NFL being the mountain lion and saying like bitch I own your life. Because if you are like I got to build I, I got to build around this. I got to get some beers. I got to get up in front of the NFL, like oh wow, these teams that I already knew playing now I know the date that they are playing. And I don't know how long's the show? An hour? Like I thought that uh, that awful show that ESPN does where they do the college football rankings. And it's like, it's like oh, the playoff, yeah, the Tuesday yeah, the play, show, the play. I hate shows where everything could be displayed in like 30 seconds and then it takes two hours for it to happen. Right. This is the quint- This is the quintessential worst show in sports television because you get the playoff rankings and you're like, OK, there's the top 20. Let me look at it. OK, I have a similar. It's like the people who write articles. This used to drive me crazy. The people who write articles about the AP poll. It's like. Oklahoma moved from 9 to 12, and after losing, Miami moved up, and I'm like, oh my God, I would shoot myself in the head with a nail gun if I had to write this article. It's a freaking poll. Just show it to me. I don't need you to break it down. feel the same way about, like, if I get the New York Times, and they've done a recent poll, and they're like, let's have an article about what the poll said. How about you just show me what the damn poll said? Okay, 46% of people think Donald Trump is an idiot. All right, I can see that. I don't need a whole article with people saying, like, Oh, here's 46% of, you know, like the poll itself is the news. I don't need a story about the poll. Just show me the poll. That's what uh, Kim Kardashian said to Ray J. I'm telling you, though, if the Mountain Lion revealed the NFL schedule tonight, I'm all in. I'm I would all in. watch the hell out of that. Or if there DVR was a Mountain Lion, if there was a Mountain Lion in the studio and at any and point he could, and he could attack the guy revealing the, the, the schedule, I'd be all in. If they did the college football playoff review and at any point Reese Davis might get attacked by an orangutan, all in. You put a poll, that's a great idea. Poll review plus dangerous animal, I'm watching. And this that's also goes, argument. by the way, it's my hockey argument. My hockey argument. People say, oh, you don't talk enough about hockey. You put an alligator on the ice once the playoffs start, I'm watching every game. Guy plays through a bite from an alligator, that's a warrior. Alligator, I don't know, would the alligator eventually fall asleep and die on the ice? I think maybe so because it's a warm-blooded animal. So maybe you need new alligators every quarter just to make sure that it's not animal cruelty. Or maybe you get a polar bear who you know is good on the ice and you put a polar bear on the ice. Tell me that right now. If I said to you right now, tonight, special Stanley Cup event, the Nashville Predators are playing the Chicago Blackhawks and there's a polar bear on the ice, you telling me that you wouldn't watch that. Don't know what the polar bear is going to do. Might attack somebody. Might go sit in the corner and just take a nap. Might suddenly do anything. Might decide that he wants to play goalie. I don't know what's going to happen. Might get hit by the puck and die. Maybe that's the strategy. Maybe you get the guy who's got the strongest arm 
And instead of trying to score goals early in the game, the players just try to kill the polar bear with the puck. I would watch. Don't know what would happen, but I'm not missing that. Now, I'm a purist. Some some of you out there are purists. You're hockey purists. You're saying, I don't want a polar bear on the ice. All I say is I'm trying to entertain the people. That's what I do. And polar bear in the studio when they reveal the NFL uh, the NFL draft, also good. Or the NFL uh, the NFL schedule. That that has to be just the biggest, like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to have a special and we're going to review the schedule. And there's going to be a bunch of guys sitting around the boardroom and they're like, but everybody already knows who they're playing. They're like, yeah, but do you know how big a losers NFL fans are? It's going to be a big deal for them whether their team is playing on October 14th against a rival or on October 24th against a rival. I'm not a numbers guy, but that doesn't seem to add up. There you go. Thank you, David Fisdell. In case you don't know, David Fisdell, Spurs head coach. Do you think that that rant is going to have an impact in the game against the uh, the Spurs tonight? See, I think if it has an impact, then you're just uh, – if I were an official – I would do the exact opposite. Every time somebody complained, I would make calls that are worse for them. Like all those Kentucky fans who called that that guy uh, Higgins, I would never give a borderline call to Kentucky for the rest of my life. You hate me and you want me dead, I double down on you hating me and you wanting me dead. Some people are like, oh, what can I do to make you like me more? I'm the exact opposite. As soon as somebody says I hate you, I want them to hate me even more. Other people are like, oh, why don't you like me? I wish you liked me. What can I do to make you like me? No, no, that's not me. Somebody says they hate me. I'm like, oh, that's great. What can I do to make this dude hate me even more? I'm Higgins. I'm calling every borderline call against Kentucky for the rest of my career. I might tee up John Calipari before the game even starts. A very spiteful man, Clay. No, it's not spiteful. It's just I double down on hate. Other people try to eliminate it. Try to eliminate it. I double down on hate. Now... The positive side, I have such a welcoming and warm heart that I also double down on love. That's why I'm such a tender lover. Dear God. All right, final segment of the show coming up. We'll take your calls. 877-996-6369. This is Outkick the Coverage. I am Clay Travis. You are listening to Fox Sports Radio. And if you're wearing a turtleneck, you're probably a bitch and listening to Mike and Mike. Let's hold. Let's hang. One final segment for Thursday. Up next here on Fox Sports Radio. That's an apartment across the lake. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. couple of different news stories here. Can I get the breaking news sounder? Breaking news sounder. It's NFL schedule related. I want you to all grab your groins. Oh, my God. This is huge news. Huge news. Washington Post reporting Redskins will host the Giants on Thanksgiving night. Again, Redskins, Giants, Thanksgiving night. Grab your grundles. It's going to be incredible. Big news, breaking news, in advance of the breaking news about the schedule coming out, about the teams that we already know are already going to play. They're telling you what day they're going to play. Major breaking news. This is actually pretty interesting news. Uh, let's see. We got a uh, we got a message here. Hey Clay, listening to Outkick Radio before I head to class today. I heard you're thinking about going to the Preds and Blackhawks game tonight. You definitely should. Me and one of my friends are planning on sneaking a catfish into the arena to throw onto the ice. Longtime Preds tradition. 
if this succeeds, we'd love to come on OutKick tomorrow and talk about how we pulled it off, where we got the fish, how we smuggled him in. Love the show. Putting DBAP to use. Go Preds. I'll keep that guy anonymous. But, yes, if you see a catfish on the ice, you're watching the Blackhawks-Preds game, maybe that'll be our caller tomorrow to tell us how he got it in. Love to hear that. All right, I also blew right through the anonymous mailbag today because I forgot about it. Yesterday we were going to do it, and then Aaron Hernandez killed himself, and so we didn't end up doing it. And then today I got distracted by the mountain lion that stole the dog out of the window outside of San Francisco. And so as a result, we only have time for one anonymous mailbag question this week, but I think it's a pretty good one. Can we have the music? Can we cue it, please? You've got mail, motherfucker. Anonymous mailbag. Every Tuesday on Outkick the Coverage, this goes up. And we do it here on the, on the radio as well, because what's better than the internet brought to the radio? Okay, Jason Martin. My six-year-old son's t-ball draft is tonight. Am I wrong in making the hotness of any kid's mom an important factor in whether or not I draft said kid? It's a small town, so I know most of the parents. I'm not looking to hook up with any moms, but why not surround yourself with MILFs if you can, you know? I think you go hot mom. Six-year-old, it's hard to distinguish between a really good six-year-old player and a really bad six-year-old player. If you don't know all the kids and their athletic abilities already, you go hot mom. I got to tell you, I'm coaching six-year-old baseball right now, and the other day we were playing against this team, and I came out, and they were fielding ground balls like they were the New York Yankees. I mean, they were whipping the ball around the infield. Six-year-old, I mean, these are kindergartners. Our kids can barely put their gloves on. Other day, like, you know, I mean, they're laying around in the outfield, chasing dandelions, everything else. I'm like, we're going to get murdered. So it's like 106-3 to three in the second inning. Kids are all like, I think it's a close game. The kids don't ever have any idea how many runs are scored, right? We don't keep score. And, I mean, and then one of these kids comes up. I swear to God, the six-year-old, he went yard. Legitimately hit a home run. And as he's jogging around the base paths, I'm like, this is unbelievable. This kid, I, I legitimately thought this. I was like, this kid is going to have so much sex in his life. I was jealous of this six-year-old. This kid went yard in six-year-old coach pitch baseball. And then the next time he came up, he had a screaming line drive just right off the chest of our shortstop. I thought he killed him. Swear to God. And the next time he was coming up, I was like, can, I, can, we, can, we, can we intentionally walk this kid? What's the rule on whether you could make <laughs> it's a, his Barry own Bonds coach Jr. who's pitching to him? His own coach is pitching to him. I'm like, can we give a signal? Can we can we intentionally walk him? Can we put this kid on first? I mean, the catcher got a catcher. <laughs> you got the kids in the catcher gear, and they get all made up in the catcher gear, and then they have no ability whatsoever, like by and large, to catch the ball as the catcher. And so every coach pitch just like pegs the, the catcher behind the plate. Like he's just taking shrapnel, like bang, right off the mask. Bang, and, I'm, and I'm back there like as the backstop, backstop. I'm like, good catch. Nice play, catcher. You know, he's just taking them right right off the chest, right off the, the, the pads and everything else. I'll tell you what. This kid, I don't I don't know how much sex this six year old kid's gonna have, but I bet it's more than anybody listening to this show right now. Certainly. Chicks more dig than the me. long ball. People are like, Oh, it's inappropriate to talk about the future sex life of a six year old. Not this six year old. He might be the father of one of the kids on my team for all I know. He's a six year old, Clay. He's not a six year old. <laughs> he's a six year old. He was born not a virgin. Tim Tebow still a virgin. This kid born not a virgin. He'd already had a kid. He was, I don't know how it happened biologically. This kid was born already having had a kid. Went yard. Guy I'm standing next to is like, I, I didn't know that I had to be concerned about my car getting hit. Six-year-olds. We don't even have a kid who can hit the ball in the air into the outfield. This kid went yard. I didn't even believe it. 
went yard. It's like it's a different different species. You ever see that, Danny G? Six year old go yard? Never. I couldn't believe it. We don't. I'm not kidding about this. We don't have a single kid on our team that can hit the ball in the air to the outfield. It hasn't happened all season. Six-year-old goes yard, like deep, straightaway center field. Jogging around the base pass. Cocky bastard. I don't blame him. If I was six and I hit a home run, I'd be insufferable. I'm insufferable now. I'm not sure I can hit a home run on that field now. You better hope LeVar Ball's not listening right now. Well, I don't know how quick... I don't know how quick the kid's feet were. Not sure he could stay in front of a black guy if he were playing basketball. But he could definitely hit, hit the ball a long way. Clay, I think the better question is how do you keep your sanity coaching a, a team where they're just chasing dandelions and can't get a, a fly ball into the outfield? Well, the balancing act is you don't want to be too aggressive, but you also don't want them to just walk all over you. you so, like, a lot of times they won't run the bases, for instance. They get to second base, and they get down on their knee, and they start, like, playing in the, in the dirt. And I'm like, hey, hey, you, you know, because I forget everybody's name. Hey, you, second base, you got to run to me. I'm the third base coach. When the ball is hit, you got to run to me. Ball gets hit, still playing, you know, in the sand. I'm like, what do you do? You know, I want him to not get out, but also you can't be too aggressive. I don't know. That's More power teams. to you. I I'm going to give it. I'm going to give him Adderall. It's not as bad as it was basketball. Basketball, they wouldn't listen. They would not get back on defense. It was I, I was? You see that video? The guy went viral. The coach that came off the bench and just swatted his kid's shot because he was going the wrong direction. Coaching six-year-old basketball is like Chinese water torture. I mean, it is unbelievable. The kids won't listen. They don't understand the concept. They uh, there's like one kid who can dribble and shoot on every team, and we were playing against this team. And I, I wrote this in the mailbag. And I swear to God, this kid. First of all, you only score like 14 points in a game. I swear to God, at, at half, this guy had like this kid had like forty points and twenty rebounds. I mean, every time he got the ball, he just went straight to the rim. Nobody got in front of him. Nobody stopped him. And I'm just standing there screaming, "Stop the ball! The guy has the ball and he's going to your basket. Just stop him!" They don't understand. They won't listen. And they're not even millennials. I don't even know what this generation's called. They're even worse than millennials, except for that one six year old can go yard. He's going to be president one day. Born not a virgin. I've already slept with my own wife. He might be my. He might be the father of one of my kids. Deservedly so, with the way he can strike the bas- baseball at six years old. Tomorrow we'll be back, um, and uh, we will dive in. The NFL schedule is being released. We're going to do all three hours about it. Just going to read you the dates. October twenty fourth, barn burner. October a lot, October twenty fourth is a lot better than October seventeenth. You're not going to believe it when you see how much different October twenty fourth is than October seventeenth. That one team's going to play the other team on a day you didn't know they were going to play. Three hours, all NFL, all NFL schedule tomorrow. I'm just going to read it. It's going to be the highest-rated show we've ever done. I'm just going to read you all the dates. Tomorrow on Outkick the Coverage, I'm Clay Travis. This is Fox Sports Radio. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. 
Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.